It's good to be in his house, isn't it? We're just relying on the Holy Spirit, aren't we? We need the Holy Spirit with us, don't we? God purchased us on the cross, but it wasn't finished with the cross. It was finished when the Holy Spirit came in you. Jesus made the way for the Holy Spirit to be in you, which is direct communion with God. He restored what we lost in the garden. Adam and Eve walked with God, right? They walked with God. And that's what we are called to do as Christians. We are walking with God today. But the only way that we can do that is not in our flesh. And what I mean by that is you can't do it in your own strength. You can't think your way into God's presence. You can't use your mind. You can't reason God out. It's a complete and total surrender of you. It only happens. The only way that the revelation of God comes, the only way that you could possibly understand God is when you decide to not understand anything. When you just leave it all out there and say, God, I'm just, I'm going to choose to not try to figure it all out. And then some of his revelation starts coming and you start to get it a little, don't you? As a believer, all of a sudden your eyes begin to open. You thought you understood. You thought you could see in the world. You thought you had things figured out. And then you realize how dumb that was. <laughs> how little we know. I love his word, don't you? And I love that he preserved it for us. I can't say that enough. I say that often. But that's the truth, that he preserved his word for us. Well, I say this often as well, and I'm going to try to keep my time tight here. I'm just going to try to keep moving. I have a few things I want to say to you. Who feels like in this season that we're in that God's been answering some prayers? I'm, I'm going to say right off the bat, before I say another word, I don't understand, right, as I just said, in my mind, the way that God works. I do understand in my spirit, man, that God is good, isn't he? And is he good some of the time? No, he's good all the time. <laughs> he's good all the time. And I know that his word says that some things or all things, everything works together for his glory, for our good, his glory, right? Everything works together for his glory and for our good. We may not understand it in the moment, don't we? Sometimes it does not feel like God is in that particular moment. But then when you look after and you see it after, you see that God was with you all along, right? And I want to say this. That God was, he was, wasn't, man, I'll try to get that out again. God wasn't unaware of your situation. He wasn't unaware and he's not late. God is not late. He's right on time all the time, right? And he has an order of things that he has ordained. I just want to... Look today, we just had a solar eclipse this week, didn't we? And the amazing thing about the stars and the planets 
and these things that are, were, were set in order before you were born, before the earth was born, or when the earth was born, it doesn't really matter, but before, as creation began, those things began. So the solar eclipse that you just saw this week in real time began with time. Now that's an odd thing for our minds to get. It doesn't make sense. And yet God knew that that eclipse this week would happen when he set it into motion. Whatever that was, whether that was millions, billions, trillions, I don't know, doesn't really matter because I wasn't there. He set it in motion before time ago, whatever that time was. And, and it happened this week just as he said it would. In fact, the rotation of the planets, the rising of the sun, who is unsure of the sun rising tomorrow morning? Is anybody in here not quite sure if it's going to rise in the morning? Or do we know that we know that we know that that's just the way that it works, that that sun is going to rise in the morning? And the moon will come out tonight, and it will come back out again tomorrow night. And maybe it's not all, it might be a full moon, it might be a little sliver of a moon, but it's still going to be up there, right? And the amazing thing is, is that these, the seasons and the patterns, you know what they teach us? Science and the world can look at them as just interesting and they can try to figure things out. But do you know the, um, the most amazing lesson that's being taught to us from these things is the faithfulness of God. God's faithfulness. In fact, the Bible says that just like the sun rises every morning, his mercies rise brand new for you every morning. Who's thankful for mercies today that wash away yesterday's sins and yesterday's hurts and yesterday's pain and yesterday's failures? And the grace and the mercy of God rose with the sun today. They also show us that everything is as it should be. Now, I know the New Age and I know other religions have stolen that line. I don't care. They can say whatever they want. It's as it should be. What you see, the things that you don't get, the things that you don't understand, they are as they should be. In fact... Without sin, Jesus, his blood, and the cross wouldn't have been necessary. Now again, don't try to wrap your mind, don't try to get that, because then we've heard it. The world goes, well, if God is so good and if he's all-knowing, then why did he let us sin to have to need a Savior to die on the cross? Instead of letting your mind go down those rabbit trails of trying to figure everything out in our mind, I'm going to instead say, well, sin was a reality, was it not? Is it a reality in your life? If it's not kept under the blood of Christ, is it ruling? And the answer is, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't have to try. But his blood came as a result of our sin. Even things that are so awful, so opposite to God's nature 
because of his grace, because of his mercy, because of his perfection, he has a sun to rise, doesn't he? Come on, just like the, the S-U-N, right, rose, right? In the morning today, the S-O-N rose, washing away the darkness. Isn't that amazing that when you look out into nature and into science, you can see God's plan for your life? You may not understand the darkness. We can't see very well in the dark, right? Without HID headlights and LED lights, you can't see very well in the dark. But the sun comes up, doesn't it? It's the time of confusion, it's a time of slumber and whatever, all the metaphors, but the sun comes up, brings everything to light, and it starts to make sense. Who's ever been somewhere at night first and then you went there again in the light? Has anybody ever done that? And it's not, it's not at all what you experienced. Somehow it's, it feels like a different place. And it's the amazing thing about God is that somehow he takes... Yesterday, he takes the, the, uh, the parts that don't make sense, the things you didn't understand, what you thought you knew, etc., and bam, the light shines and he reveals the truth. And I want to finally say, there's just a few things that I want to get to you today, and I'm going to read some scriptures to back these thoughts up. But I thought I'd just read you the thoughts first off. Lastly, because God has a pattern and because just as we know firmly that the sun will rise, we need to know firmly that his grace will rise again tomorrow. We need to know it. It might seem menial. It might seem, or I don't know if that's the right word, but seem like, okay, yeah, we know that. But it's something that we need to say often. We need to hear often that his grace that his mercies, they're coming again tomorrow. And they're going to keep coming. And they're going to keep coming. And because of that, I really felt from the Holy Spirit to speak these words. Don't sweat the small stuff. Amen. Don't let the irritations of your day today. Some days are irritating. Is everybody's day always go exactly as you planned? Because if you live in my life, they never go as I planned. And this week, this is the fun thing as a pastor. I mean, this just happens as a believer. You could all say the same story. But because I'm thinking about preparing something for Sunday, it's happening in your life. You're just maybe not even as aware, but it's happening. And if you start to think about it, you're, what I'm about to say, you're going to hear, oh, yeah, that. That's exactly what's going on. He starts doing things. When he's about to teach you a lesson, or especially if you've got to, you're going to talk to somebody that week, he starts doing something in you days earlier so that by the time you get to that person to speak to them, or in this case to speak to you, I'll go, oh, okay, God, that's why I went through this, 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 and that. That's why you said this, 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 and that. That's why I met this one and met that one. And um, I noticed two things this week. I noticed one that the beginning of the end of last week and the beginning of this week, it was just, it was small, it was subtle, but it was enough to catch my attention that it seemed like my day lined up perfect. 
the person I needed to meet was bam. I mean, they were there when I needed to meet them. And then it was, and then I got, because I still worked during the week or worked for myself. And so I'm getting calls or emails about particular jobs and I have to travel far away sometimes. And it's really handy when the next job that you need is not, they don't call you when you get all the way back home. That happens a lot. And you got to go all the way back out there. You don't have to go that same day, but you got to go all the way back out to an hour away where you just were. And this week, it just seemed like I was there and there was the email or the call. And I'm like, I'm five minutes away. I'll be right there. And just went and looked at And it was that way. And then I came to Thursday and just the opposite happened. <laughs> just the opposite. And, and I, I wanted to do this very simple, small job. And, I was, and it was right by my house. Literally, I could probably have walked to the house. And I just wanted to work the, right there all day. I was going to have to go get some various supplies uh, for that. I was going to have to leave to get them, but I had it all figured out. But there was this particular customer that had been asking me and asking me to get to him. And, and I just wanted to do the right thing. I told him that it would be Thursday. And I thought I could change it. And it wasn't going to happen. So I had to leave that job. And I drove 50 minutes to his job, and then 50 minutes back, but now as I'm getting back, now I gotta make all the little stops that were gonna be no big deal, or now a huge deal, to finally get back and try to finish this job up, which I did not do, and had to do the next day. Now, no big deal, that sounds like everybody's day all the time, right? But this week it caught my attention because I just saw, I saw like it was just, it was easy. It was so easy in the beginning of the week. And then on this particular day, and I started asking the Lord, is there something you're trying to tell me? Is there, did I miss something? Did I do something wrong? Did I not pray enough? Did I pray too much? Was I fasting? Was I not fasting, et cetera? Like what caused it? And I feel like the Lord just, just spoke so clearly, just go with it. Some days things are just going to line up perfect. It's rare. And the Lord was just showing me that he can do that. And sometimes he's just going to bypass, doesn't he? Don't you love those days where he just bypasses? But the same grace, the same, um, I was just so impressed. I felt like God really had like ordained and lined up my day. It was no less lined up on Thursday. And I believe the Lord spoke, I just, he did that. He allows me, thank you. That I, when I, because I have to stand here, that I feel like I have to go through, maybe not, but extra. I got to go through extra stuff <laughs> to get me ready to bring it. But the Lord just showed me that, you know, that day I was, I, and I was trying to give it to Him, but I was so frustrated and so stressed and so irritated. And I was, and I was trying not to be. And I was like, the customer, man, he messed up my day. And I was trying to just keep giving it, and it was a simple thing, but isn't that, aren't we all the same? That it's those little things that come in and they like, they just destroy your day. But there's no, why? Technically, why? What did it really matter in the end? And it was just a way, if we let, it might seem like no big deal, you could say, oh, well, that's just coincidence. That's what the world goes through. There's no big deal. Well, as a believer, it's a big deal. Because when you come into the faith, when you start to walk with God, the stuff that, that God was still trying, he's always drawing. You know that he's drawing the world right now to himself. Even though they're saying no, he's still drawing. 
He's still calling them. And they don't realize that their dreams, that their situations, that all the things in their day are pointing them back to him. They're just not saying yes to him. But as a believer, we are different. Those very same circumstances that are coming and going in everybody's life are not supposed to affect us. We're supposed to live above. We're supposed to let the stresses of life that affect the world. Jesus said it. He said, why are you worrying about these things? That's what the world worries about. He tells us clearly in the scriptures that the world worries about these things. Why are you stressing about these things? Don't you realize that it's eternity that you are living for? Don't you realize that he, was, he wasn't telling me that I didn't need to be responsible? He wasn't telling me that I could blow people off, you know, because it didn't matter. He was just showing me that just go through, you have to go through some of the motions because that's the world you're in right now. Jesus went through some of the motions. He still ate, right, and drank with the disciples. He still got tired and, would, and slept while he was in this environment. And then he ascended again, right? Well, we're in this environment. The Lord's well aware of that. But so is the devil. And I've said this before, but he will come at your weakness. He uses normal things, right? When you're tired and cranky, the devil comes. He doesn't fight fair. He kicks you when you're down. And when you're going through stuff, when you're already, when it's a moment, I'm not saying that, that he's got a, two demons around you at every second of every day. I don't know necessarily, I don't know exactly what the spiritual world looks like, but I know he's there often. And when he can find that moment of your low, of your stress and of tiredness and et cetera, and he can, man, he just like, he puts a dagger in and he twists it. And even though it's small and it's subtle, do you know what it's saying to God when we give in to that? I don't trust you. It's so small, it's so subtle. But the longer you walk with God, the closer we get to him, the more he requires of us, doesn't he? He wants us to be completely and totally reliant upon him. And it's very small uh, to, like, I could imagine a lot of Christians saying, oh, you're beating yourself up. That's, you're taking that, it's way, you're pushing this thing way too far, taking it way too seriously. But it's, I'm, I would rather, I would rather give to the Lord the subtle things than to let those things rule in me. And those things in your normal routine, they uh, are there to rob you if you let them. But if you just go through it, just keep moving, the very same thing that could rob you is just a day. The very same thing. What did we start with? What's going to happen tomorrow morning? The sun rises again. There's another day tomorrow. That's the amazing thing. You don't have to try to stress and strive. Now, I'm using, me, I'm using work stuff, but this can be applied now into everything in your life. All the things that you want to try to be, to become, all your dreams, your vision, etc., all the things that you think you are not accomplishing, that you thought you should be today, just give it to God. Amen. Just give it to Him. He is fully aware of where you're at, and there's a tomorrow for you. Come on. I want everybody to say out loud, tomorrow, tomorrow. 
will be there when it gets there. It'll be there. And you rise again. And we should look at God and see His faithfulness that that's how God works. God didn't need to. He could have just had an eternal sun, an eternal moon, or whatever. He doesn't, he's outside of time, but he gave us time, right, to give us rest. <laughs> we don't like rest, do we? <laughs> well, I mean, we like it. We like to sleep, but we don't like not accomplishing. Huh. We don't want to rest. But God did it on purpose to teach us rest. You know what rest does? You know what Sunday is actually called? The day of rest. One day a week, the Lord actually even says, your four hours, six hours, eight hours, or 10 hours a night is not enough. I want you to take a whole day and rest. On Sunday, I want you to rest. And that's hard for us, especially in this culture, isn't it? But you know what that does? It says to God, I trust you. This is your day, God. I'm giving it to you. I'm trusting in you. And I'm not worried. You're my provider. Who thinks, that, who thinks in yourself that you're your provider? Did you know that you're not? Did you know that even if you use all your strength and all your sweat and all your years and all your time and all your money to produce and to make something, that everything you did was on borrowed time? You use God's resources. I mean, I work with metal, so God made it in the ground. Somebody took it out and put it into a form that I could use, but I didn't make it. I only made a part of I only made the final part. I didn't make it. It was God's. Everything that I am, he gave me the breath. I actually, I, I said this, I think, in a sermon recently. I don't remember. I'd say too much, too long. I can't remember. But I heard this thing where a guy said, um, he said, uh, to all the atheists, he said something like this. I'm going to mess it up, but I'll say it anyway. He said, okay, fine. Let's take God out of the picture. And you can go and create and you can do and, and whatever you want. But you can't use oxygen because that's from God. So you can do whatever you're going to do, but God's just going to hold back his oxygen. And let's just see how long you can build for. Just oxygen, something we take for granted, right? We're breathing right now. We're just sitting here breathing air. And he gave it to us. That was his breath in our lungs. All right, let me read some scriptures. It says in Psalm chapter 31, verse 15, my future is in your hands. My future is in your hands, or, and this is the line that's been going through my mind, especially since Thursday, I started just saying to the Lord, and I do this, when I have a stressful day, I start to just say this line to the Lord. I grew up New King James, so verse 15 says, my times are in your hand. You know what? Even if you don't believe it, I say this often, your spirit does. Your spirit is from him. Just tell your mind. I just say it out loud. Even though the stress doesn't seem like it's going away, I just keep saying it anyway. 
My time is in your hand. Right? And this is an interesting thought. Do you know that you are here today because of yesterday? That might seem like a simple thought. Wow, preschooler could figure that out. But you are here, and I don't just mean alive. Yesterday existed. In fact, when I started this sermon, that's past now, and this is present. The beginning of the sermon is leading up to this point right here. And without the beginning, this part wouldn't make sense. Maybe it doesn't make sense to you anyway. But it makes a little more sense with the beginning. And the point is that what you've gone through is why you're at where you're at. Your very surrender to Jesus Christ only came because of the situations you were in that put you there. Who would like to say, I wish I couldn't have done this or that? Now, quickly, you say, oh, yeah, I wish I could take this, this, and that out. Don't be so fast to say that because the very heartache, the hardest things you went through, the worst days of your life cause you to do what? Look up a lot higher. That's right, and appreciate the good ones. You start to see his goodness. You start to, the day that's rough, the stressful day, without that, you wouldn't see God's goodness. You wouldn't know that, wow. Like the reason I noticed at the beginning of the week things were lining up is because things never line up. So when I saw it, now I'm still believing that we're in a time where God is just start, he's going to start to connect the dots. He's going to start to close the gaps. I do believe that. I'm not saying that, okay, we're back into chaos. But he was just showing me that it doesn't matter. I need you to praise me. I need you to be thankful for every day. No matter what it brings you, no matter what stresses they bring you, be thankful for today. Today exists right now. And because of today, you're going to get to tomorrow. The thoughts, the feelings, the emotions you'll have tomorrow because of today. And if that's true, then I want to make today count. Because if my tomorrow is going to be based on my today, then now I'm not worried about the yesterdays it took to get me here. But now I've got Christ and now he's in me and now he's ruling and reigning in my life. So now I want that to dictate my tomorrow. It's going to dictate a much better tomorrow. And it doesn't matter what comes because I know that the sun's going to rise again and I've got another chance. I've got another day. I'm not worried about what I think I should have been or should have gotten done or what I should have. Even your repentance, the things that you should have given up a long time ago, that it's a brand. When the sun rose this morning, the Lord said to you, today's your day. Today's a new day. Give it to me today. Amen? Is, is any of this making sense? It says in Romans chapter 11, verse 33, How great are God's riches in wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? And I love how the NLT says this. It says, who knows enough to give him advice? Anybody want to start giving God advice? <laughs> I tried, he says. I tried. God, I think it would be good if we did this. I'm thinking this is what we should do. 
God's like, oh, okay, that's good. That's good. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4, it says, He is the rock, his work is perfect. And the New King James, it says, His work is perfect. In 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 31, it says, God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. His way is perfect. And all of his promises prove true. That was a phenomenon to us when we saw that eclipse. We're looking at something abnormal. God said, well, I set that thing in motion a long time ago, and it just did what it was supposed to do. Isn't that amazing? It's to prove that God looks at your life, and he says, it may not look normal today. Things might not seem like the way that you think they should look in your life. You feel like I should be a lot further. I should have done this, should have done that. I should be this, I should be that. And the Lord says that it's all as it should be. Because tomorrow the sun's going to rise again and you're going to be different tomorrow. I just love God, don't you? I love that he proves himself in everything, in the normal stuff. You're just going through your week and then you wake up and go, I think there was a lesson in that. I love that. It says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22, that God sits above the circle of the earth. It says the people below seem like grasshoppers to him. And he spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. And then in Psalms chapter 104, we read, it's an amazing psalm. I don't, it's too long to read the whole thing right now. But in Psalm 104, it's, it starts in verse 1. It says, let all that I am praise the Lord. How great you are. You're robed in honor and majesty. And he says, you are dressed in a robe of light and you stretch out the starry curtain of the heavens. He just, well, he just opens up this psalm saying how amazing God is and that he is clothed in the, the things that are, are it's so big and so far. I mean, we can't even touch. We're just now with all of our technology just barely talking about touching the closest I mean, forget the stars, the closest of the planets. It's so big, and yet God is clothed in them. I mean, God is big. He knows what he's doing. And it goes on to say in verse 5, You place the world on its foundation so it would never be moved. Who placed the world on its foundation? Who set it spinning like a quarter on a table? right? And we're looking going, man, the whole world is coming to an end today. God says, no, it's not. He said, that's what the world worries about. That's what they're stressing about because that's all they can see. Don't you realize that my perspective is way up here above it all? And all they can see is their life right here, right now. All they can see is the breath they're breathing now. That's why they use it for lust. That's why they use it for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, for their pleasures, because that's all that they can get. But you are not like the world. 
You are now like me. You should have a different perspective. You should be looking from an eternal position down into the temporary, right? And it says, he goes on, he's, and he basically just talks about the perfection of God. Uh, again, I encourage you to read it. It's Psalm 104. He talks about how the mountains rose up, and, the, and then in verse 9, he set a firm boundary for the seas. Isn't it amazing that the ocean goes across? The waves come, right? Who loves the waves? I do. I love playing in them. And then they go back to the other side. But how come they don't just spill over? Yeah, except for Texas. Lord, give them grace. Except for something that changes the scenario, right? 15 inches of rain. They just stay. And it says, because God, you know, science could say, well, it's because of the sand and this and the way the earth's sitting, and that's fine. They can figure out whatever. Maybe that's true, but God put all that there. God set, it says, he set a firm boundary for the seas. And then he goes on, he says, and the, how everything works perfect. He starts to talk about how there's water for the, the birds. They nest next to the streams. And then it says there's grass for the livestock and plants for people to use. And in verse 14, and you allow them to produce food from the earth. The food that you eat came, it says that God allows you. Allows you. Come on. Even the sinners. Did you know that the sinners, those that are refusing to turn to God, that everything that they have, that the food they're growing is all God's and he's allowing them. He's hoping, hoping with tears in his eyes that they'll turn to him, that they'd see that it's from him. But nonetheless, he's not gonna stop it. He just keeps letting them. And it says in verse 15, he gives them wine to make them glad and olive oil to soothe their skin and bread to give them strength. That all of this is from God. And then in verse 19, it says, you made the moon to mark the seasons and the sun knows when to set. You said in verse 22, the darkness and it becomes night. And when all the forest animals prowl about, it says in 21, the lions, they roar for their prey and they stalk for their food. But then, um, then they go back to, to sleep for the day. And in verse 23, the people get up and go to work. Where they labor until evening. And then in verse 24, I just want to read the last few verses here. It says, Oh Lord, what a variety of things you've made. In wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the ocean, vast and wide, teeming with life of every kind, both large and small. In verse 27, they all depend on you to give them food as they need it. When you supply it, they gather it. You open your hand to feed them and they are richly satisfied. Who's been worrying and stressing about your life? It's okay to laugh. It's funny. It is funny that we do. It's funny that we worry. Jesus said, why are you worrying? Why are you worrying? Why are you worrying? He said, you cannot add anything I'm going to paraphrase it. You can't add anything to your life by worrying. When we go and we look back at the scriptures that point to the world around us, we can see that 
God opens his hands to feed them. And it says, verse 30, when you give them your breath, life is created and you renew the face of the earth. God is good, isn't he? Just want to close with a few scriptures that to bring it to a fullness of just time. And I want to talk about this the, in the next week or two. It says in Psalms chapter 33, verse 10, it says, and I wanted to read that Psalm because I just wanted to show God is who he is. I bring that up often because it's something we need to remember who God is. It's, it's sometimes we, we say we know God and we talk about God, but we forget just who he is. He's clothed within the, the stars are his garment. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's beyond our imagination. We can't possibly comprehend it, how big he is. And it says, the Lord frustrates in Psalm 33:10. He frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. The nations are always trying to get everything right, aren't they? Right now. The world is in turmoil because we're trying to figure it out. Well, let's try this, democracy. Let's try communism. Let's try socialism. Let's try a combination of all of it. Let's you stay over there and we'll stay over here and you do your thing and we'll do our thing. And eventually, well, I need your resources, so I'm going to come and take them, etc. It's because they're looking here and the Lord's frustrating him and he, it's the Lord not because he wants to see them suffering. The Lord is not pleased with the suffering, but the ultimate goal, our word is clear, is what? It's to point them to eternity. It's to show them that it's not just right here. Unfortunately, most don't get it. But it says in 11, verse 11, the Lord's plans stand firm forever. So meanwhile, all that's going on and it doesn't seem, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't look right. Somehow, even in that, because of God, his grace and his mercy and his, his unlimited knowledge, he knows who's going to turn and who's not, what nation's going to serve him and, and which is not. And he's using it. Come on. The book of Revelation tells us we don't Talk about it often, but it tells us that those things will happen. They're going to increase and that God is using them. The Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. Verse 13, the Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. He sees that and he sees, are you in the human race? That means he sees you. Not just the nations and not just the big stuff and not just the crises that are going on. And the Lord has had grace. The Lord has sent out millions upon millions from this nation to bring Bibles, to bring food, to bring water, to bring protection to the other nations of the world. So even though it's been turmoil and we could look at the chaos, we also have to see God's amazing grace for this world that he has brought. I just heard a testimony the other day of a man from India, and he's a preacher. And he said an American missionary came in 1970-something and shared the gospel with me, and he got saved. And now he's a preacher 
today himself. So God has had grace. We don't, we don't understand it. We're looking at the little and we're saying this day doesn't make sense. And then what God says is, okay, it's a nation without God over there. And they're so self-absorbed that, you know, with the, with the whole caste system that the low are never going to make it. They're always going to be poor. Go over there. I'll give you the resources and change it. We don't have to just look. We don't have to just look at our situation and our day and when things don't seem right and whatever and just, try and just live in it. The devil just wants you to live in it. He wants you to sweat it. He wants you to suffer in it. And the Lord has a solution in it. A, the very simplest solution is just not to let it bother you. And B, there's usually a way out. And that's the ultimate. That's what I want you to get as we close. There's a way out. First of all, just your heart and just your attitude. Once you get rid of worry, once you get rid of stress, then all of a sudden your mind goes, wait a second, there's always tomorrow. Isn't that funny that just that, can literally ruin and crush. I mean, you can have a ruined day because you're not getting enough done before the clock stops, before you have to go to bed. How ridiculous. God, it says in verse 18, he watches over those who fear him. He watches over those who rely on his unfailing love. It tells us that he's gonna thwart and frustrate it's part of his plan. But those who rely on him, those who fear him, he watches over you. It doesn't mean that the things around you are going to change necessarily, but he will take you above that situation. He'll take, just even just mentally, if you physically still have to go through it, he'll put your mind above it and just say, my God's good. He's good. He's good. Just get in the habit of no matter what you're going through, no matter what it is, just to say God is good all the time. And I don't know what he's going to do in this situation, but because I know my God and I know that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that if he was good to me before when I had a good day, that just because I'm having a bad day doesn't mean that God has changed. He's going to be good today I just don't see that. And he's going to be good tomorrow. And just get in the habit of starting to say, just praise him anyhow, right? Praise him anyway. Raise up your hands and say, you're good. I don't, my mind doesn't know how you're good today. Be honest with God. He's not offended, but I know that you are. Tell him. He's not going to be offended that you say, I don't know how this is good. I don't know how this is possibly good today, but I know that your word says you're going to work all things, everything, including this situation. And somehow, somehow, through this, salvation's coming. Somehow, through this, I'm going to, my light's going to start to shine brighter. Somehow, by the, the, uh, the discomfort with my life, you're going to cause something to rise in me, a call to start to burn in me. Lord, if I, you got to make me uncomfortable with the status quo to get me to go to India and preach to somebody or whatever it is, then give me whatever it takes to get me where you need to get me. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have a lot to say to us.
you don't get tired of reminding us how much you love us and how much your grace and mercy are there for us. And Lord, I pray that we would continually lean upon you. We thank you, Lord. Your word says it, and we choose to believe it, no matter what we feel, that those who fear you, those who rely on you, Lord, you're watching over us. You are completely and totally aware of our day, and you know what's coming and going, and you know, Lord, that the things that we've avoided, you know, Lord, that the time when we're most stressed sitting in traffic, that you kept an accident from us up ahead. You know, Lord, the day that we got stuck maybe talking to somebody we didn't feel like, but you put something inside of us, Lord, for them. We thought we had things to do, but you had something for us to give that person that day. And we thank you, Lord, you're going to keep doing that. You're going to keep ruling and reigning in our lives. We're going to be different. Our timeline is different. We have no agenda. We have no goals. We have no plan to fulfill. We have one only and that is to look to you. Lord, you're the author and the finisher, and you tell us what to do today. You tell us what to accomplish today. You tell us what to finish. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to be faithful to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.